Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode six of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. As always, thank you so much for finding your way here as we all come together to try to figure out ways to reinvent, renew, and rejuvenate ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I cannot wait to share today's conversation with you because Chad Wright embodies every bit of that. Like Rich DeVinney last week, Chad is a former Navy SEAL. He's a former Navy SEAL turned entrepreneur slash ultra runner slash soon-to-be author slash unbelievable badass. And he has an absolutely amazing story to share with you. A story of inspiration, reinvention, grit, and optimism. I'd be willing to venture anything that I have that you will fall in love with this man. And if you don't, you have a problem with you because I am still sky high after having this conversation with Chad. Trust me, this is one that you're going to want to listen to over and over again. Episode six of the Reinvention Project with guest Chad Wright is coming at you right now. This podcast is sponsored by carnivore trading we are going to get into why you want their stock market information on an everyday basis details in this pod first off chad thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for your service it is an absolute pleasure to meet you and speak to you first of all how are you and how are yours doing chad during this interesting and challenging time right now Jim, uh, we've been doing great, brother, and it's an honor to be on with you. Uh, thank you for your mission and for giving me this opportunity. Um, you know, this year has been, uh, I guess, 20, well, 2020 was my first year of, of business, my first real year outside of the SEAL teams. And, uh, man, we've really, th- we've really thrived. We've been, we've been blessed, but, you know, we, we have a never-quit mentality. And, uh, and we just, when things change, we pivot. And carry on, brother. Man, that, there's so much in that answer that I love, Chad. And I'm going to get into all that. Now, I do want to stay, and I want to talk to you about your new mission momentarily. But I have interviewed, spoken to, and befriended many Navy SEALs over the years. And I'm always fascinated to hear their backstories and find out what their motivation was for joining up. Of course, you get this all the time. But I think your journey is so different. You had a dream, and you took enormous risks, Chad, to get at that dream why did you want to become a SEAL initially, and then why were you willing to assume such enormous risks to see that through? You know, Jim, that's a great question, brother, and I think I'm still processing the, the answer to that. Uh, it, even at this point in my life, I actually just started writing a book, and as I write about it, it, uh, it brings up a lot of things that I've really never thought about or processed before. But essentially, I, was, I grew up in a small town in North Georgia, um, I did not enjoy school. Uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't bad at school, but I didn't enjoy it. And when I did finally graduate high school, which, by the way, I had to go around and beg my teachers to change my grades so I could graduate on time. <laughs> so right, just to right. tell you how much I didn't enjoy it and I, and I didn't really put a lot of effort in. 
I realized really quick that um, that if I wasn't going to go to college, that uh, you know there was not going to be a whole lot for me there in that small town in North Georgia. Kind of, kind of the options that we had were very limited: construction uh, work, factory work, you know, just your day-to-day stuff, and and that that really didn't fit the bill for me. And uh, I, I just happened to see online one day a, a fly, a little ad banner that popped up, and that's this was in 2006, so they were recruiting for the teams pretty heavily, and it said Navy SEALs, the the hardest military training in the free world or in the world, I guess, and and I just uh, something about that resonated with me, and I, I've always been the type of person that if I'm going to do something. Uh, man, I want to go all out and and really put myself through the ringer. And SEAL training is the one thing in my life that lived up and exceeded uh, my expectations for what I thought it was going to be. All right, I I can't wait to get into what that was like. But let me sidebar really quickly, Chad. Like you, you are growing in influence exponentially and quickly. You have become an influencer. And I think a lot of people think of influencers. My man, you probably live in a giant house behind a big gate with lots of shiny things, right? Or maybe not. Like, where are you right now as you and I are having this conversation? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. Uh, no, I definitely don't live in a in a, in a shiny house. Uh, I, you know, I I, uh, I live in a small cabin um, in the in, pretty much off the grid. I actually don't have a cell phone service or internet at my house, so I had to drive to the top. I actually rode my ATV to the top of a mountain. Uh, just a few minutes ago to pick up enough cell phone service to, to do this interview. So I hope I'm coming through loud and clear. And people say, well, how do you run a business, uh, with, with, uh, you know, out in the woods like that? Well, I do have an office in town. Um, it's just a small little one-room space where we, where we do have a little Internet access and, and we can take care of business. But when I'm home, man, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice place to just take a wrap off and, a different lifestyle and i drive an old beat up toyota truck and you know not a lot has changed about my lifestyle uh as my influence has grown i try to keep it real brother i really do i yep. think that's important to for, for all of us to stay on the ground level with with one another and um you know, treat each other as we want to be treated. And uh, that's the way I try to live my life, man. You, you bet. And you sound great, Chad. And I appreciate you finding that hill to do this. You do sound great. Now, I mentioned the risks, the risks that you assumed in joining up. Now, you were on the verge of finishing up boot camp and graduating with everybody else, only to be pulled aside at the very last second. What were you told in that moment? Yeah, I, I was. We were actually marching from our uh, final training exercise in Navy boot camp to uh, to our uh, unofficial graduation ceremony, and I was pulled out of that that formation and told that I needed to go to medical. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe they just found something minor or maybe I need to sign some paperwork. Uh, I walk into the dive medical officer's office, and um, he proceeds to tell me that I have a 7-centimeter pericardial cyst on my heart. And uh, the interesting thing about this cyst is it's totally asymptomatic. In other words, I had lived my whole life and never knew it was there because it wasn't causing me any issues. And uh, he, he basically, they didn't know how to treat this because it was the first time they had ever seen this condition in a Naval Special Warfare candidate. So uh, he was basically afraid that when I was diving as a SEAL underwater, that the pressure change would burst this cyst on my heart. Um, of course, that would cause some significant issues and potentially put my life and the life 
of my teammates at risk, even if I was to make it through training. Um, so uh, he tells me, hey, man, you're never going to have an opportunity. You're never going to have the option to be a SEAL. We're not removing this cyst because it's a complicated and rare and dangerous surgery. Um, so, you know, sorry about your luck. Uh, you can go into the regular Navy and and have a good time, have a great career. And I said, well, it's not really where I set my goals. Uh, so I chose to cut all ties with the Navy due to that breach of contract. I had a SEAL contract, which guaranteed me a chance to at least go to SEAL training. Um, and because of the cyst on my heart, that contract was breached. And, um, yeah, I showed back up uh, uh, shortly after that diagnosis uh, with my hat in my hand and back in the same hometown that I had left a few months before. That was pretty hard. So, Chad, I was going to say that, that that's more than a breach in contract. That's a breach in your dream. Count it. This is the day that picking winning stocks gets super easy because I am on Carnivore Trading. Carnivore Trading is a radically different stock targeting website that is disrupting Wall Street big time. Carnivore Trading is a small elite squad of stock market strategists. These are the guys who influence the market influencers, the big guys. What they're doing is they're pulling back the curtain so folks like us from newbies Two portfolio managers can see exactly what they're trading. This is why I signed up. This is why I love this product. For a low monthly fee, I get real-time text alerts of the explosive stocks that they're trading right now. I mean, bottom line, it's like, this is what we're hitting. This is why we're hitting it. And then I make my own choice. I can mirror their trades through my discount broker, or I can pass all together. Except passing is nuts because their trades are murdering the S&P 500. Trading carnivores trades is like earning your PhD in the stock market. And you will love this. This is really key now. They guarantee you'll earn five times your monthly subscription or double your money back. 5x your monthly fee just by doing what they do by mirroring their trades. In fact, to get you started, I've got two free weeks to see for yourself. Visit scoreourtrades.com. Enter the code Jim. Once again, visit scoreourtrades.com and enter the code Jim. Scoreourtrades.com, code Jim. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions. Past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. What was it yeah. like to have your dream ripped from you like that? You know, I, I would. I have to say, as I really process those those days and that specific scenario, um, I, I I have I have to be totally honest with you. Uh, when I got back home, there was a, there was a period of of depression, um, and, and it was it was pretty devastating. Not only because my dreams were were basically well, not basically they were taken from me completely. There was essentially no other option on the table for me uh but then you know you show back up into this hometown and and you know everybody laughed at me when i left and when i showed back up of course they all thought i quit because that's what everybody does they quit seal training so they all all the naysayers got their satisfaction and here i am with eight hundred dollars in my bank account no vehicle to drive no job and no way forward to achieve my dreams and and there were moments um, you know, where, where temptation to deviate from my mission, to, to, to deviate from 
you know, that process that I was going through, there were moments that that temptation did present itself. And there were people that, you know, encouraged me to deviate. But ultimately, uh, I became front sight focused or, or just consumed with finding a surgeon that would remove this cyst from my heart and in turn at least allow me uh, a chance to get back into the Navy. Um, because not only to go to SEAL training, but just to get back into the Navy, there was no guarantee that if I did find a surgeon and I did have this cyst removed, uh, there was no guarantee that the Navy was going to even allow me to come back in. So, Chad, just so we're clear on this, like the Navy would not perform the procedure, and then you come back home and you kind of get leverage on this. And you're like, all right, I'm going to get back in the fight, and you start to interview or shop surgeons, but then you find civilian surgeons are not willing to do so either. And then even if you did find somebody, there was no guarantee that the Navy would let you back in. So, like, what was the risk physically and financially for you to do that procedure if you could even find somebody to do it and without the guarantee that the navy would take you back <laughs> yeah it was all a thinking talking back through it it sounds insane um because yes it was a complete gamble uh there was significant risk i mean this was this was open heart surgery um and, and again uh, I, I'm going around to these heart surgeons, and they're just telling me straight up that the risk versus reward uh, when it comes to this operation is way, way out of whack. And, um, you know, I finally ultimately found a surgeon. Uh, actually, he was the leading heart surgeon in Atlanta. His name was Dr. Cooper, and uh, he had served in the Army uh, as a surgeon. He, he appreciated the fact that I wanted to go and serve my country um, you know, in the in the top tier of, of the fighting uh, men and women that we have, he appreciated that, and he had never uh, removed one of these pericardial cysts before. Um, he, he, you know, this tells you how rare this was, and but he did his homework and he put a plan together and said, "Hey, man, be here at five thirty on so and so five thirty in the morning on so and so date, and we're going to open you up and see what this thing looks like and see if we can't get it get it out of there." <laughs> Chad, I, I got to ask you, like, so given what was at stake, given the risk involved, why did you not walk away? Why did you not just say, you know what, man, it's just not meant to be. The stars are not aligning here. This is not my calling. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the one of the main things that allowed me to endure this process was patience. Um, patience is uh, definitely definitely one of the virtues in my life that has allowed me to accomplish a lot of great things. And, and, you know, looking back on it, you realize in this situation, in this scenario, um, I was actually enduring a process uh, that was forging me into the person that I was created to be. If you can grasp the, uh, what all is contained in that, in that sentence right there. And, and you know, th I, was, I was patient. With what I had to endure, um, I, I stayed calm. I was logical as I worked through the steps of finding a surgeon and then, you know, re-engaging the Navy. I had my stuff in order, and, you know, that's, that's what allowed me to proceed. But when you're really on a mission, man, when you, when you really figure out what you were, are created to be, I, I truly believe I was created to be a SEAL, um, when you truly feel that and it's that burning desire 
it's it, it, it's not a lot of people get that in life, and I've only had it a few times in my life. But that's what it felt like. It was like I couldn't quench this desire to become this thing, and I knew I was just going to have to be patient and endure this process. See, this is where I'm getting goosebumps. Like, can you manufacture that? Can you develop that? What if you don't have that? Are you hardwired for that? How do we get that, Chad? Well, you know, I, I think I think the reason most people don't get it, uh, don't don't reach that point to where they figure out what that thing is that they're supposed to become. I think they quit before they ever get to the point. Um, where, where that light bulb clicks on because what, what you, what you really can't understand about me is I talk about this process I was enduring. This process goes all the way back to when I was a child, uh, the way that my mother raised me, the things that we did as, as kids, uh, we grew up out in the wilderness hunting and, and doing things that forged this, this foundation of patience and grit and tenacity and I think people quit before that light bulb clicks on and they get that burning desire to do that thing that they were created to do. Because, like I say, those opportunities only come a few times in your life. And so that, that, that process leading you up to the point that you know this is what I need to do, that may be a 10-year-long process before you get to that point, man. And people freaking quit, man. The process is hard. You know what I mean? I knew. I, and that's, knew. That's, I think that's the reason people don't reach that in life, dude. Uh, yes, I, I love that. And you knew. And you knew this, and you did it, and you found the surgeon, you had the procedure, you went back to the same naval doctor who said, you will never do this, they let you in, and then you have this amazing quote, Chad, quote, the furnace of adversity is what really purified my intentions and why I want to do this thing. And I think this is what we're talking about. I'm anxious for you to finish that thought. What exactly does that mean? The furnace of adversity purified my intentions. Yeah, that for me and talking through this specific scenario that we're talking through right now or this specific story that I'm telling, um, I can uh, what that means is if I, I can tell you with complete honesty and certainty, if I would have went to SEAL training that first time, so without having the heart surgery, without having to endure that process, without having my dreams taken from me without that's all part of that furnace of adversity right if i would not have endured all that and i if i would have gotten the chance to do what i wanted to do the first time i can honestly say i do not think that i would have made it through seal training mm. I, I i quite honestly i don't when i went through this process when i walked through this furnace of adversity with the heart surgery and, and the stress and the and all this stuff, man, it was literally forging me. And when I came out the other end of this thing and I finally showed up and I towed the line to, to go to go to SEAL training, when I got to Coronado Island, day 1-1 of BUDS, basic underwater demolition SEAL training, literally nothing was going to stop me. I could not fail because I had been through more just to get there than any other person that was there with me. Any of the other 300 men that showed up 
at class 278 to do this thing alongside me, I had, I had invested more. I had walked through a hotter furnace than any of them. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being boastful here. It's just part of the process that I had to endure, right? And that's the reason I was one of the 18 men to graduate at the end of six months. I went all the way through SEAL training, never failed a single evolution, was never rolled, was never, never any, any issues. I went straight through, man. And it's because of that furnace of adversity, man. Chad. And I know it sucks when you're walking through that thing. I know it sucks. And if you're not patient, you will quit. And let me tell you, quitting is always an option, but it's never been a good option. Not for me anyways. That's what I was going to say, Chad, because once you walk through that furnace of adversity, what then happened was you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you took quitting off the table. Once you can do that, well, how do you do that? And then what does that do to fear and anxiety generally if you can effectively take quitting off the table? Well, you know, that's, to me, that's the main way to combat that fear and anxiety over uh, uh, that, that revolve around the results. I think that we, as especially Americans, we get too freaking hung up on, we get too wrapped around the results, right? We, we get, we get so like, uh, so take racing, for instance, take ultra running, for instance. I know so many dudes that, and girls that the night before a race, you know, they can't sleep. They're all amped up, you know. They just they're they're all stressed out, and and they're they're they they want to achieve this result that they have, you know, this goal that they put set for them themselves, and um, and and look, man, the night before a race, I, I'm just I'm chill I'm chill as can be, dude. Because here's the thing, yeah, when you take quitting off the table, that leaves you with two options. In racing, it leaves you with two options. You're either going to finish the freaking race or you're, you're going to break your body. And that, that's the only two options that I have. So I know I'm going to keep going until something in my body breaks or, or I finish the race. Now, I don't, that, that, that's not much to worry about at that point, right? And here's the thing with results. I'm not worried about the result, man, because I'm, I know – I know that I'm going to do the best that I can do. So I could care less what the result is, to be totally honest with you. I win a lot of races, but there's a lot of races I don't win. It doesn't matter to me. You know what matters to me? It matters to me that I maintain the standards that I have set for my life, all right, in racing. Standards like integrity, like honor, like the adherence to what is right. That's what honor is. Um, standards like not quitting, all this set of standards that I've written out that I, that I, you know, hold myself to, that's what's important to me, man, is maintaining those standards and upholding those standards, not so much the results. So, yeah, man, you're quitting off the table. Focus on maintaining a standard and don't get too wrapped around the axle as far as the results go. Let the results fall where they may. You got nothing to worry about. You can do anything. 
once you take quitting off the table, Chad, you kind of answered in part what I was going to get to and I was going to skip ahead. But what's incredible to me, and you've said this before, that like one, you barely got through high school, but you did. But the fact of the matter is when you were young and you were coming up, you spent a lot of time in nature and you learned about the things that you can learn from nature. But you weren't necessarily the most athletic guy like you didn't swim, you didn't run. And now you're an ultra marathon or an ultra runner. Now that you're out, I'm curious, why do you do that? And why do you choose to spend your time doing that what do you how does that serve you and what do you get out of that well for me it goes back to a, a mantra that we live by in the seal teams and it's called it's train like you fight okay now what that means is that as a seal what that meant was is that we train so hard we lost more we would lose more guys in training more guys would die in training than died in combat almost wow. every single year because we trained so hard and our training was so realistic. Now, what that did, we would train in a controlled environment, right? And, and, and then when we went out onto the battlefield and we were in real-life situations and scenarios where the, the elements of that scenario were out of our control, it allowed us to perform at our maximum capacity and crush our enemy. Same goes with life, man. This is why this is essentially why I ultra run. It's because it gives me a place that I can go and practice being and practice these principles that we're talking that I talked about earlier. It gives me an arena that I can go and practice where I can go and train myself, body, soul, and spirit. Right, a hundred mile race. You're going to work through all three of those aspects of yourself. That way, when life freaking happens, man. And you come home or you go to the doctor and you realize you got freaking cancer or somebody dies or some bad things happen in life where it's outside of your control. You, you have forged those tools in training that are going to allow you to perform well when it matters. This is the reason I run, man. I get it. I get it. Chad, there, there are so many lessons that you have to impart, and I'm picking my spots very carefully out of respect for your time, and I appreciate that lesson very much. I want to ask you this also. Give me another universal, universal lesson that you took away from Buds as it applies as to why some will quit and some never quit, like a lesson or approach that maybe we can all apply to everything in life. Yeah, that's great, brother. And, uh, dude, that there, there is one, the number one reason that people quit seal training, business, your marriage, whatever. Literally, the number one reason people quit is they, they look at the big picture, right? I saw this over and over again in Buds. I see it over and over again in ultra running. Um, I see it over and over again in people's relationships, man is uh, when, when, when crap gets hard, man, guy, guys in field training, when crap got hard, guys would, they would be thinking about what was coming, like, tomorrow, what, was, what, what they had to do next week, what they had to do even in, in a few hours from then. Instead of focusing on what they had to do in that moment in order to stay in the fight. Right, this is a universal principle, and it's not a new thing. Y'all, y'all just forgotten this. That's all it is. Is this is not? There's nothing new under the sun. But look, man, to put it in, in field training, when I woke up in the morning, 
every morning. My goal was to make it to breakfast. All right, that was it. I did not think about what was going to happen at l- at lunchtime or after lunch. Or and, and I saw this man. We'd be out doing something. It wouldn't even be that hard, and guys would just be quitting, quitting left and right. And you go and talk to them later on, and you'd say, they, they, every one of them would say, man, I just don't think I could do this for six months. Well, all of them could do it for another minute, two minutes, another hour, whatever it was. The harder it gets, the smaller you need to break it down. Ultra running, this is the same way. I was running a race against a dude the other day, a last man standing race. It means this race keeps going until only one runner is left. There's no definitive end, right? And so this guy that I'm running against, he, he's a national champion, ultra runner. I didn't think I could beat him. There was a distinct moment that I knew victory was mine, and he came to me in between one of these loops, and, uh, and he, said, he said, hey, man, we got six hours till we reach 100 miles. And I just smiled at him. Because it's the same crap I saw happen in field training, man. This guy, instead of thinking about the next mile we had to run, he was thinking about what was going, where we were going to be six hours from then. And I just smiled at him. I knew in that moment that he couldn't beat me. He had overextended himself mentally, right? And, and it's interesting in, the, in a physical game like ultra running, when he did that, show you the power of the mind, his body actually started to shut down. So he overextended himself mentally, and there was a physical response. His body actually started to shut down. If you look at my Instagram page, there's a video of this guy coming across the finish line, and he literally cannot – he collapses. He can't walk because his body shuts down. Um, and I ended up winning that day because I, I, didn't, I didn't overextend myself mentally. So if you can put that into practice, if you can bring your, if you can bring your mind into subjection and put this into practice – it will allow you to to accomplish really anything. I mean, it's, you're, you're limitless at that point. What an no ama- individual task is all that hard. That is an amazing tool. Simple but easy. I mean, when you lay that out, Chad, let me ask you then. Generally speaking, as people, do we know how powerful we are? Do we understand how much potential is within each and every one of us? Generally, do we get that? Uh, uh, heck no, man. I don't think, I, I think there's very few of us that get it. And, um, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing though, Jim, everybody wants a secret, man. Everybody's out here looking for a secret. And you know, this is one thing that, that freaking rubs me the wrong way about a lot of these Instagram people and all this. There are no, there ain't no secrets to this, man. No, you don't, you don't know what you're capable of. And as long as you keep looking for some secret to, to whatever, 10X yourself or whatever, as long as you keep searching for that secret, you're never going to figure out how, how, what you're capable of, man. You, you just you got to take these simple principles and you got to execute. It takes freaking work, man. You got to execute. There are no secrets. You want to figure out how powerful you are? Go get in the arena and get to work. All right, and you're going to figure it out. Listen to the right people. It's it, man. The, the secret is there is no secret, right? There is no hack. There is no shortcut. There's just no. work. There's just work. I got to ask you, Chad, You, how conscious are you of what you're feeding yourself? Now, I don't mean just food. I mean everything, total consumption. How conscious are you of what you let into that vessel of yours? 
Yeah, I'm hyper aware of the input, uh, Jim, you know, and that that's from all angles, dude. I mean, I'm on social media, but, but I literally post and then I interact with the people that comment and talk to me. Uh, I don't scroll that crap, dude. And and same with, with – uh, it's easy for me living where I live with television and, and I, I don't – you know, that stuff isn't – I've just got – I've just got it out of my life, dude. And, and, you know, radio, stuff like that, I'm only listening to podcasts that that fit fit and align with my mission and my mindset. So, yes, I'm hyper aware of everything – that comes into my bubble. Um, and I mean, this sounds crazy, man. I mean, this causes this pe- people don't like this either, by the way. Uh, you know, this causes issues because like, I don't, I, I rare, there's about four people that I'll answer my phone for. Uh, same with text messages, same with emails. Like I, I, I don't, I, I just, I'm so guarded about what I let in it, it, I mean, I'm taking it all to the next level. Y'all don't have to be just like me, um, but that's just the way I am. I love that. I love that. And I especially love, quote, I don't scroll that crap, dude. I, I love that, Chad. Put that up on a wall. <laughs> Put that on a piece of wood, dude. Laminate that. Listen, before we go, and I could do this for hours, and I so appreciate you and your time, the project that I've taken on, the, the conversation you and I are having right now, this podcast is one of reinvention and transformation and renewal. Fact of the matter is, you were medically retired from special ops. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you go literally from one day of being among the absolute elite and performing at an extremely high level to sitting on your couch pretty much the next day without a mission. Exactly what was that like? Yeah, it, it, it was tough for a while, brother. It, it really was. Um, you know, I say a while. I, I mean, like maybe the first six months or so, uh, I did a little work for a contracting company, basically doing the same stuff I was doing in the Navy. Um, because, you know, as a special operator, yeah, you're a high-performing dude, but, you know, you've trained your whole adult life on how to kill bad people. That doesn't translate very well into the civilian world when it comes to a practical skill standpoint. Um, but, you know, I, I will have to, I'll have to share my faith with you, brother. Sure. I mean, I'm a Christian. Please. i got a strong faith in God. And, um, and luckily he, he, he has, he, he put some people in my life, um, that, that really developed me as an entrepreneur and, uh, and helped me find my new mission in life. And again, we just put our head down and we got to work and it's been about a a year and a half or two year journey thus far. And I think the most essential part was exactly what you said, Jim, was finding a new mission and uh, and not just sitting around and feeling sorry for your situation, um, and that's what we did with the help of of other with, with the help of men and women with other people. I, you can't do all. That's another thing. If you think you're going to accomplish anything in life by yourself, if you uh, go ahead, try to maintain that individ that individualistic mindset, and life's going to continue to drag you through the mud, man. It don't work, man. I'm so sick of hearing this This can't hurt me message, but push everybody out of your life. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so tough. That don't freaking work, man. It's not sustainable. Yeah, you got to have a place inside of you where you can get hard. You can get mean when you need to get mean. 
but you better be able to turn things off when you can when you need to and take input from people around you that matter right yeah that that's really powerful like for instance what i'm hearing from you i was going to say to you you had to reinvent yourself completely how did you do that and i'm getting in part was one you relied on your faith and your maker and your maker put certain people in front of you that helped you is there anything else like you thought hard and long about this and this was not easy did you visualize that reinvention? Like, how did you come to it other than you had the help of others? Well, I, I, I don't know if I visualized it or I was given a vision. Uh, I remember laying in bed one night and I was trying to pray and I just couldn't get the words out of my mouth. I closed my eyes and I had an actual vision in my mind's eye. And um, in the top left corner, I saw all my material possessions and God said, give it to me. And I argued with him. And uh, finally, I gave it, gave up, and I said, he kept asking, I said, okay, take it, it's all yours anyways. And then my vision came to center, and there was a scroll, and on that scroll was everything that I had done as a Navy SEAL. Everything, all my resume, basically, right? I've, I've, I've stood by the bedside of the President of the United States uh, in charge of the security of his life overseas. I mean, I've been all over the world, I've done this crazy, my resume, right? And these clouds began to build around the resume, and, and as the clouds built, that, that scroll shrunk until I couldn't even read the writing on it anymore. And uh, those clouds, uh, it was revealed to me, was the, the presence of God. And as the, uh, the, God was basically telling me, if you'll let go of all the things that you have done, um, I'll do something so much bigger for you and your life. In other words, let go of that stuff, man. you got to let go of that stuff to move forward. You can't rely on your past. A ship doesn't sail on yesterday's wind, man. And uh, so I did. I, I, I let go of that stuff and started with a clean slate after I had that vision that night. And, um, yeah, then it was just, again, collaborating with the right people and, and getting to work. Nothing happens without the execution uh, portion. And so that's what, we've, that's what we've done. That's what's led us to this point. And I take every opportunity I get. I raise my hand. Just like this call right here, I raise my hand and say, "Yeah, I'll go." Some dude call some somebody says, "Hey, I got a big podcast out here in L.A. Will you come and do this?" Yeah, I'll go, and yeah, I'll pay for my plane ticket. I'll yeah. When you want me to be there, you gotta go, man. You gotta go. Man, I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, so finally, then you and your brother Chad are working on the Three of Seven project. What exactly is the Three of Seven project, and where does that stand? Yeah, great question, brother. Three of seven project. The three is representative of body, soul, and spirit. Body being your physical body, your soul being your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit being the part of you that connects you to your creator. Um, the seven is the biblical number for completion. So we believe and we try to develop people in all aspects, body, soul, and spirit, in order to become a more complete and wholesome human being, uh, a, a sustainable human, right? And um, so that's what we do, man. We have a podcast, a 307 podcast. Uh, and if you ever want to come hang out and learn all these principles and, and every, everything and, uh, that we've talked about here and more in a real way, uh, we, take, uh, we lead teams out in the wilderness once a month. So that's called the basic course. And um, that's all on our website. This isn't just a, these events aren't something that you can just click and register for. You have to apply for them because I hand select each team member. Uh, it's eight people per team member, 
we really enjoy that. So the website's three of seven project.com. And, uh, yeah, it's going great, brother. I mean, we, uh, I, we're just so blessed to, uh, to make the, to, to make the impact that we've made thus far and, we're loving life. Chad, I think that's absolutely amazing that you had the kind of life that you had, the kind of success that you had. You had the kind of career that you had, and you literally you saw that scroll, and it shrank and it shrank and it shrank until it disappeared, and you were stripped of all that, and you started over. So not just material possessions, but identity and success. Can you leave me with one thought? I think people would really appreciate this if you want to share any of your thoughts on it. You mentioned the work you did with the president. You served as Obama's bodyguard or part of the service or the security detail. Can you share anything about that? Like, what did that entail, and what was that experience like? Well, it was a, it was a, it was a high. It again, that was a pretty high stress job. Uh, both times I did that, I got to do that two times, and both of it was done overseas. And one thing I'll share about that is uh, what you guys will learn if you follow me or hang out with me or whatever. I'm not a very political person, and uh, what I learned about President Obama is I don't care what you think of him. Uh, he seemed like a good dude to me. And what I learned about him was, you know, this, here's a guy that he's simply just trying to do the best that he can do with the information that he has and the beliefs that he that he's formed about life. Um, to me, there was nothing evil about him, uh, you know, and and, and I think that's what uh, mo- most of most people on Earth, man, uh, we, we all want the same things. And. You know, unless you're just a, a evil person, you're probably doing the best that you can do with the information that you have. So good on you, man. Um, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, uh, other than maybe maybe it'll help people, uh, I guess, rid their hearts of some hatred that they might be hanging on to, uh, revolving around this social and political strife that we have in our nation right now. Um, it's just not even worth your while, man. Just love your neighbor as you as as you would love yourself, and uh, and carry on, man. Carry on, man. Here, here. All right. So, Chad, if they you mentioned if they want to hang out with you, or they want to follow you, or they want to learn more about the Three of Seven Project, or anything else that you're working on, where can I direct the listeners? That the best place is our website, man. It's three of seven project dot com. That's the number three of the number seven project dot com. Everything's right there. My personal IG is Chad Wright two seven eight. So I'll be there. Chad, I you can't guys say hit I, me up. I hope to I hope to meet some of you guys soon. Jim, you should come out on a basic course, man. I'd love to get you out of that um get you out of that urban jungle over there on the west coast and get you in some of these east coast Appalachian mountains and Show you a thing or two. My man, I need it. I need that. I need that <laughs> mentally. I need that spiritually. I need that physically. I'm already a believer. I got to find a way to take you up on that, Chad. And and I mean that sincerely. In the meantime, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate the time you spent with us today. The fact that you got on that ATV, you got to the top of the mountain, you got good cell service. I want to thank you for your service to the country. And if almost nothing lives up to the hype, man, I've been looking forward to this one for a long time this did chad you are the absolute best and i really do appreciate that conversation thank you jim god bless you brother let me know if there's ever anything i can do to help you in your mission man same with you chad thank you very much thank you brother nobody likes i told you so guy but i told you so 
I could not like, respect, or appreciate Chad Wright any more than I do. Now, truth be told, that is the very first conversation I have ever had with Chad. Of course, I knew about him, and I had done a deep dive on him prior to having that conversation, so I had really, really high expectations, and he literally just smashed every last one of them. What an unbelievable perspective, approach, and attitude to performance, achievement, and adversity. Speaking of adversity, that line, the furnace of adversity is what really purified my intentions, literally stopped me dead in my tracks. What an absolutely powerful line on so many different levels. First, that notion of the furnace of adversity. I think the one thing we all have to do, and I include myself on this, is change the way we view adversity. It's got such a negative connotation. We're all hoping it doesn't happen to us. Fact of the matter is, adversity is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's not a curse. It's a blessing. It's not just a blessing. It's an opportunity. It's not just an opportunity. It's a necessity. A necessity if we really are going to reinvent ourselves. There is no reinvention without it. You can't be it until you overcome it. And then you need to overcome it over and over again. That's the very first thing we have to do here. We have to change the way we view adversity, especially since it's all going to hit us anyway. It's not a question of if, but a matter of when. So let's change the way we view it. So then the question becomes, how do we overcome adversity? By doing exactly what Chad said, by taking any task and breaking it down to digestible bites. He says the reason most guys don't make it through SEAL training is because they allow themselves to be overwhelmed by the enormity of the challenge. Chad says, I never worried about Hell Week. I never worried about the next day or even the rest of this day. All I worried about was getting to breakfast. That's it. I just have to get to breakfast. And then I would imagine once he got to breakfast, the only thing he worried about was getting to lunch and then to dinner. In other words, be obsessed with what's right in front of you and nothing more. That's how you get through it. The other way to get through things and overcome adversity is by taking quitting off the table. Chad said as soon as he made that decision that quitting was no longer an option, he removed nearly every bit of fear and anxiety that he had about any task or any situation. Why? Because he knew that quitting was not an option. He had taken it off the table. Therefore, there was nothing to fear. You make that decision, and then suddenly your mind knows. Your mind knows this is how it is. We don't quit for any reason. In other words, stay in the fight no matter what the fight is. Quitting is off the table. What a tremendous guy. What a tremendous point of view. And what an awesome, awesome conversation. That's a wrap for episode six of the Reinvention Project. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if you have a minute and you haven't done so already, can you please get subscribed so you don't have to go looking for it. It will find you every single week. And if you don't mind, could you share it with somebody you care about or somebody who you think might benefit from it? I'd appreciate that so much. Have yourself an absolutely amazing week, and I will see you right back here next Thursday. the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.